And now, Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Scoop it. This is definitely our exit one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super, super easy. To... Yeah, there's some low back there stuff, but that's super easy to... Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGladdery. And I'm Gina Zidanowitz. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. It's September. Yet again, I've totally forgotten which number we're at again. Second. 30 2011. Yeah. Um, we're at PAX, so whenever we're always uh, at a convention together, we try and find a guest that we don't have access to in Vancouver. And Gina, you're from Jersey, so yes. that's pretty inaccessible to us. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go there anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never been close to that part of the world. No. No. Yeah. Furthest east I've been is Winnipeg, and that's. What about Boston? Even, I've never been to Boston. You've never, you've never no, been to I've never east? done east. No. no. I've been to Asia. <laughs> hey, you've been the other yeah. way. You've been the other way. way. Yeah. <laughs> so far west it's east. I went to New York once for the PS4 launch. Okay. But like that was all work. I like saw the yeah. hotel and I worked and I had like one jet lag day where I ran around Manhattan trying to see things and was yeah. like ah. Yeah. That's how I feel here. It's a three-hour difference, but I'm just, like, exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. The little jet lags are sometimes worse Worse. than the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been out here before? Uh, No, this is my first time in Seattle. Yeah. I mean, I've been to California, Arizona. Yeah. Have you been to PAX East before? Oh, yes. PAX East. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But never West. It's kind of nice. It's bigger than East. Yeah, 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 it's different. It's yeah. a different vibe out here. That's it is, here. yeah. Seattle's an awesome town. I like. I think I like it here more every time I come here. Yeah. I yeah. think San Francisco. I think I like a little bit less every time I go. <laughs> I really like San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like scarier. This Seattle. is really great here. We went to the EMP museum today. Oh, so it's nice. Like, just amazing. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. Oh, you are. I was going to say the video game uh, exhibition. They yeah, brought the this indie one. Oh, on towards interviewed in there. Soundtrack. That's right. Yep, I did yeah. see that. Because we were playing that push-pull game. Oh, uh, yeah, push yeah. Push-me-pull-me. Yeah. And uh, that was just great. I spent most of my time there. It was just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a great exhibit. No, it was so, so cool. Well, I did a podcast with Jacob, the curator. Um, yeah, and he took awesome. me for a whole tour of everything. I got to touch one of the... Okay, it wasn't Jimi Hendrix's guitar, but he was on stage with him at Woodstock. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. I got to put my finger on it. <laughs> that's awesome. So what has brought you to Pax West? Uh, we had a panel, yeah. um, so our panel was trying to convince indie devs to use middleware with their audio designers right. and composers, mm-hmm. um, so that was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had yeah. some um, some interesting, we put together some sound design and some music examples, we tried to show them a little bit of code. We're not um, coders or, you know, just, it's all self-learned and yeah. such, but um, we try to put a bit of that okay. together and just put the argument for, you know, instead of having a baked loop and, you know, just have some variety, have mm-hmm. some scatterer sounds, have, you know, sprinkle some sounds all around, uh, things like that. So that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's the company you work for? Uh, I, yeah, yeah we, have, I own, we have an intro. Yeah, yes. Oh, that's right. Who yeah. are you, Gina? I, um, I own Serial Lab Studios. I yep. founded it in two, uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I started my game audio journey, yep. and in uh, 2011, I brought on board uh, Spencer Bambrick. He's a composer and now sound designer as well with me. So we've been teaming up and taking on the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I saw from your website, you have a, a fairly big mix of indie and like AAA 
Yeah. yeah um, so you sort of bridge that. Yeah, those worlds. when I first started, uh, I landed a job as a, um, I guess like an assistant sound designer for it was a triple, it was a, it was a startup company that was being published by Sony. Yeah. Uh, the game never came out, and so it was like a few years, you know. But I met a few great people there. Uh, there was one guy, Jason Cantor. He, I just sort of owe my game audio career <laughs> to him. He was an amazing guy. Uh, he was the audio director, and he just he always pushed me hard. That was like working. Whenever I work with him, it was it's always like cringe time. You know, he's always he hates everything I do. Yeah. But it makes me a better person. It's yeah. Like it's right. so that I love it. It's like yeah. I you know I love working with him. And he actually I I sort of I always say that I ride his coattails because he <laughs> um, he brought me on to Bioshock Two where right. I was a dialogue editor under him and also uh, XCOM the Borough Declassified. And then even more recently with Just Cause 3, uh-huh. uh, he was audio director in the New York New York office, and in their last year of development, they needed some extra sound design yep. help, and so I joined them for that whole last push, so it was really great. Uh, it was a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's awesome. um, what do you think the biggest difference between being a contractor, freelancer, whatever you want to put it, working with like an indie team versus those big AAA studios? Um, I think it depends. Uh, it depends on the indie team. Uh, yeah. We're working on a game called The Mandate right now, and it's a large team. Yeah. Um, and they're out in Luxembourg, and they're a large team, so we're working with FMOD. We have, like, you know, a proper, like, Git setup, and, you know, we're proper ways to, like, sort of deliver assets to each other. Yeah. With smaller teams, sometimes it's just, like, here's a, a spreadsheet, and... Yeah give us these sounds and sometimes you don't even get to see like what the animation is in the game you don't get built so I think that's sort of the difference you yeah. know it's um, a little bit better workflow maybe yeah. you know we had to we had to turn down a contract that we'd already kind of started on because they were it just like wasn't part of their company policy to give get access yeah it was for a VR title so I was like I'm not we can't do a VR title over the wall yeah, it's, so it's I, really hard. Yeah, so. So, so I recommended they get an in-house sound designer, um, which I think they're going to do, so yeah. that's cool. Yeah. But it's just like it's impossible to do a VR game over the wall. Sometimes it's better uh, to pass if you really feel like you know it's yeah. Yeah. not going to come out properly you know, in that sense. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely agree. Um, there's times we, we, we've done a few like short, quick match three games, and yeah. a lot of times you know you don't really get a lot of builds. It's really hard. And well, yeah, like you guys are all over the map. Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. We're, we sort of have like a mixed bag of tricks. It's yeah. like, um, you know, we, uh, we do like, we offer the full-blown services like composing, sound design, Foley, recording, mm-hmm. uh, voice production. We don't do the voices ourselves. Um, but, it's just the two of you? Yeah. Wow. So we um, we try to just keep it going, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. this has been my dream since I was a kid. So it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just keep pushing forward. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry I missed your panel. Oh no problem. <laughs> I missed them all. So I went to mine and then I went back and I went to sleep. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was at booths all day. I had, to, I had to go to work. Sorry, well, I missed I had, your panel. Yeah, it's I had to work. <laughs> I had to work getting our website together and we're getting a new reel organized yeah. and stuff. So I was kind of working on that yeah because I wanted it done for PAX yeah um, but so like what are some core like core things you recommend if you do want to be convincing a developer to use middleware we were basically trying to show them that um, the scripting it's going to save the programmer a lot of time so yeah. Yeah. I mean that was the big thing we tried to show uh, we gave the disclaimer that we you know we're just self-taught in this stuff but we did have a good argument in showing them some of the ways we, we actually showed FMOD and Unity 
um, because that's most of the projects we've worked on, that's what we've used, but we're also familiar with Wise, Unreal, a lot of other engines, but, um, but we, so we showed them FMOD and the scripting and how basically um, instead of setting up a random array in Unity and in the Unity engine and then trying to set up a little line of code here for randomizing volume or pitch, we showed them how it's just triggering, you know, declaring an FMOD event and then triggering that event and yeah. we, the sound designer can take care of all of those little pieces of variety. Um, so we had things like uh, footsteps, um, simple footsteps walking through grass and then I added like cloth you know, like a cloth movement sound, and then I added uh, armor sound, just yeah. so you can get the sense of the character, whatever they're, you know, were wearing at the time. Yeah. I always say outfit, but it sounds silly, right? It's <laughs> probably not a bad way of doing it. It makes me picture, like, the hero in, like, a jumper or something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that's, it's pretty it's really silly. But, but then, you know, we showed them, um, you know, the delay quantizations, and, you know, showed them how we could just slightly offset maybe like 50 and 100 milliseconds so you're getting you know hundreds of different types of variety compared to baking in those files and yeah. you know um, so that was our big argument there I mean hopefully it went over pretty well people were nodding and yeah. One guy had his eyes shut, so I couldn't help but keep looking at him. I, I was like thinking in he's my He's just really taking yeah, it. He's yeah, just, he was yeah, really he's like listening. Meditating. Really meditating yeah. on it. He wanted to hear those sounds. Um. Um, the only thing I found that was odd about the panel is that um, we were sort of rushed in the room, but when we got set up, we didn't realize like we were sitting behind the speakers, and so everything we heard was just bass. So I had this, I had this one, um, this ambience. I was showing like how you can switch between time of day yeah. using yeah. a parameter. And I had this one ambience, and I'm like, I know that I have birds in there. I can't hear them. I'm like, I hope you hear them out there. <laughs> so it was a little rough, but... I think I think that how to convince devs actually is a, a large problem for a lot of... Of, yes. of sound people because yep. I think the most of the time when we when we think of middleware we think of all the cool things we can do yeah you know like oh we can make these crazy systems and you know they can talk to each other and do all this stuff and I, I can build this super elaborate thing and it's gonna sound really cool yeah I'm gonna do a really cool thing and it's gonna sound really cool and most devs that's not the selling point yeah that ease of use yeah ease of use yeah. Well, you know, well, also a lot of times sometimes the depending on their budget the license might cost them more than unity and they're like why would I spend more on an audio tool than I spend on my entire game engine yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's a tricky one yeah so it does boil down to being like no you'll save money in the long run depending on how you're paying us that's why we tried to go the sort of scripting angle because yeah. Yeah. you know it just seemed like the best route Same programmer yeah. yeah yeah that's it it's it's more than likely the people you're talking to making these decisions on an indie level are probably programmers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or programmer-like people, yeah. or like programmer designers or whatever. So being able to speak a language that they understand and agree with yeah. is super helpful. But, to, like, I mean, ultimately you're convincing them to spend money on a thing up front. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, it, it, we did talk about the budgets where I think, like, if you use FMOD, it's like 100K cap. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you can use it free. With Wise, you're limited to 200 assets. Yeah. So that sort of, I think there was also um, with the Game SoundCon survey that came out, there was like a nice chart in there. Yeah, there that was. That talked about um, how indie developers were mostly using FMOD, uh, yeah, either you know time. over Wise, where AAA were using Wise. I think yeah. that 200 asset limit probably puts a. That you know, doesn't like, cover anything uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of stops and them. The, I think the the upper I found with. 
the studio I'm working with, um, that upper limit is very different on where FMOD breaks to the next sort of tier and where WISE breaks to the next tier. Right. And FMOD is a much more friendly break. Yes. That you're like, ah, that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah, for yeah. me. Whereas, like for us, FMOD, like, oh, we're into that category. Okay, done. WISE, we're like, uh, we're on that bubble and we yeah. might be okay under it or we might go over it. And there's a big price difference between those mm-hmm. those two things. So it was like, ah, that's, that's a headache. Yeah. Yeah. So, we won't have I was talking to Mike, and he was, <laughs> yeah. Mike, and Mike is receptive to that, and they're thinking about it. Yeah, he told me casual connect. So, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, if you can just show them that it's going to save them time. And when we mentioned that, that was sort of our like opening statement, you know. Yeah. And like everyone had a little smile, so it's like, <laughs> okay, this is interesting, you know. Right. Yeah. Instead of just saying, taking it from the. Um, you know, it's going to be better for me as the audio designer. Right. It's yeah. going to be better for you. That's the way you have to. Yeah. That that mentality, which spreads to more than just middleware. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of sort of like, well, we're all being a freelancer. It's not about like what I can do and what I'm going to have fun doing. It's what can I do for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you as a game developer? I can make your game better, your in your life easier. Yeah. By putting middleware in it and offloading that to me as the sound person. Yeah. yeah. That's an area that I feel like I have failed at that has made my devs like not necessarily happy with the middleware decision. Yeah. Is like running into integration errors. Right. And just errors, and I don't know how to fix them, you know, because I'm not a technical enough sound designer. Yeah. That, like, that's a problem that I have, that I'm, I'm currently like having trouble being like, no, but it's worth it sometimes because yeah. it, it has wound up costing a lot of time in some cases. Right. Um, do you? generally handle integration of that stuff? Um, yeah, so I try, to play, yeah, I try to play a big part in that. Um, trying to learn a lot of C-sharp and, yeah. you know, just really trying to self-teach myself all that stuff. But, um, you know, we basically, when we run into errors, I mean, even when I was working at Avalanche, when we ran into errors, the sound designer would handle it. We had an audio programmer we could sort of talk to. Yeah. But on the indie level, um, for example, I'm working on the game The Mandate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm working with the programmers and I rely on them to help me, but I really do the way that I sell myself is that, like, I'm very technically inclined, and I try to really just solve those issues, you know? Yeah, it's, um, right. I try to find ways around them, either by going on some FMOD forums or, you know, just um, contacting the support directly. Yeah. yeah. Their support's been really great. Yeah. But you can run into some issues. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. definitely that. But I just love things like using the profiler and how you can just figure out why something's not working without bugging the programmer every few minutes. Right. You know? Those are the, the, kind of the profile tools in like FMOD Studio and Wise. That's why I'm, I did a lot of work with FMOD Designer as well. Yeah. Like the current profile tools are fucking amazing yeah. compared to what. <laughs> with, like I used to always have to have, get debug tools yep. made, made for me, right, and I was right. always being like, "Oh, well, I need this and this," and then you kind of get into development and forget or not realize that you needed something else. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll get the next game. I would get that added to my debug tool, yeah. and you're still like, "Oh." I wish I'd had, you know, X, Y, or Z. And so it was getting better every time I did a game, but it was yep. still, like, fired up, you know, studio-wise, and went, oh, this is just everything, and I don't, gotta, I don't have to get a programmer to do anything about this. Yeah. yeah. And now there's a problem. I can connect to the game, run the profile, and just so, such depth of figuring, starting to figure out, Yeah. oh, okay, this is what's happening, this is what, just, you know, run it back and forth over that, like, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. And then, oh, 
there's that thing that's playing 30 times in a row yeah. or something yeah. like or my parameter is not tracking or something yeah and then go to my programmers okay okay I found that this is the area where something is going on. Yep. Like, can you help me look at this specific thing? Not just like, hey, I'm, I'm hearing a sound problem. I hear it. I hear it, and it's bad. I don't. I know. think that's still like kind of what I do. So I actually I'm saying this is wrong, and uh, I know it's not in F mod. So, Kaylee, fix it. <laughs> yeah, there's times where I'm working on like a small game. Like I said, like say mat- a match three game or something that's just not very involved. Um, but I still, if someone gives me an asset list and says just, you know, like sort of asset can and the sounds over to us, yeah. and they implement asset it. Asset yeah, can. you know, like, like, like sort that. of. Um, I heard that somewhere. I, I'm trying to remember who so I can get proper credit. I'll remember later and then post it on Twitter. But, um, but yeah, so it's just sort of instead of just shooting it over to them, um, I usually set up like a, a spreadsheet with like audio problems, and I let them yeah. know what some of the. Just by hearing, you know, it's like I've worked on maybe over 100 games now, so I've gotten used to, like, being able to just sort of know what I want to hear and know mm-hmm. when I don't want to hear. And, um, you know, and I send them lists of things of how to fix it, you know, or at least how I think they could fix it. Yeah. Letting them know that I apologize if I'm, you know, off track, but hopefully yeah. <laughs> this will be, you know, a little help. Yeah. Some, and most of the time it works, and they, you know, they get it done, and then it sounds a lot better. Yeah. Because um, those are the games I cringe when I just shoot over the assets because I don't get control over the final mix. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it's oh, just really yeah. tough, you know, yeah. so. Are we going to talk about cats now? No. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> cats are sad right now, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, I know. No, I, uh, no I, wanted, I wanted to mention on the podcast, um, I actually... Um, as lots of people know, I had a sick cat, and I had to put her down on Monday. I'm really sorry. I didn't know I wouldn't have brought it and, up. Oh, no. I apologize. Um, so Odin was a very beloved cat and is currently the icon for the podcast. For the podcast. So, oh, that's awesome. Um, she's there, and I managed to... She had a great yell. Yes. She had a great yell that I managed to record before she went. Um, and I've shared it in the Game Audio Slack team, but I'm going to put it up on SoundCloud yes. so that... Anybody can use it. Like, please take Odin's yell, use it, put it in your games. Let's use it instead of the hawk screech at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Ah, uh, that's great. We'll do it. Okay. Yeah, permanent change. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm um, sorry again. I, you know, I know how you feel, though. I've been there. Yeah. So. so it's it's been a little sad being here at PAX, but at least yeah. I was still home. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. good, yep. Before yeah, she yeah. went. Yeah. And I'm going to share her voice so that she will live on. And That's great. I would love to hear that. So. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to get that on SoundCloud before we get uh, this podcast published. So All right. I will put a link, and everyone will be able to grab her lovely yells and put it in their games. Put it in their games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a happy that will be a happy memory yes. of her. That knowing that sound designers everywhere will be able to. Take her. I did that with my, my, my last cat that I had to put down as well. Oh, really? Norman, I shared out some some cat sounds for that's me. A, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I was going to get mine stuffed and put on a Thurman. I saw this kit. <laughs> I, I'm totally serious, but my mom, I was telling her about the idea. She was just from Arizona, like, you better not do that. <laughs> No the way. Tail, the tail could be like the yeah. thermos, like the sensor. Yeah, so. Oh my gosh. Oh, that would be funny. That's hilarious. And super creepy. It is, yeah. yeah. But when you search for stuff like that, there's crazy stuff you can find. So. There's, 
There's always somebody who has done something crazier than you think. Yes, yeah, definitely. yeah. There, I'm in cat. I'm gonna suggest that to my wife. Yeah, I mean, that's a long way away, honey. <laughs> See how it goes over. But I got yeah. this idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we turned it into something happy there. there so. Yeah. There we go. Do you have um, a theremin? Uh, I have a little kit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the build your own kit. Yeah. And I love that. I also have the Bleep Labs. You know, those little, the it's like bleep? a little, uh, little thingamaboop. That's the oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That has the, like, weird light sensor? Is yeah, it has the light sensor at the top, which my cat chews, so it doesn't work well. But, um, you know, and you can basically use the light to, and also on the nose it was as well. Right. Yeah, on the nose there was, like, a little sensor, and you can, like, whoop. Oh, weird. Okay, cool. So it was pretty cool. I've got a screaming angel. What's that? It's this cool. That. You know my uh, my uh, synth in a can. Oh yeah, okay. Beat, that's what that's beat called. Poet. That, yeah. No, that one's the beat poet. Okay. My sister gets me them for Christmas. Yeah. It's, oh, this, it's this. It's this guy in the UK. It's on like Etsy. Like they're probably only like dozens in existence. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just a single purpose noisemaker that, oh, that really senses cool. senses your distance and it just makes this god awful scream. And, and like changes pitch and intensity. That the can one? No, the, the, the new one. Screaming Angel. The Screaming Angel. Angel. I think it's called that. the Screaming Angel. Yeah, yeah that's cool. That's pretty cool. I don't. Yeah. I don't have anything that like homemade. They're very air quotes. Homemade. It's got that. like printer, uh, printer paper I, inside. Yeah. yeah. The weirdest thing I have is the Bit Commander. Yeah. Which is uh, from the Basalt. Bastel. Bastel. Basti. There. Yeah, Bastia, I think it is. Right? Uh, I, 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 I am the worst at pronouncing anything. Yeah, I always French. fall into that too. Um, so so they got yeah. together with uh, this guy came over from the states and is working with them now, who made like circuit bending stuff. Yeah. So they made a very like this is an official circuit bent thing, mm. and it's a little box and it's got a speaker and it's all these little tiny patch cords. Oh, that's cool. Which, which like, the whole thing is really oddly named, so if you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing with anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, the manual, I got it before the manual came out, and I'm like, I, I don't know, I'll put this here and this here. Oh, it's different. I don't know what's <laughs> yeah. going on. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I, now that I've read the manual, I have a little bit better yeah. understanding of what's going on, but it's still, you just, like, you kind of learn the basics, and then you just keep plugging stuff in, and it just yeah, makes right. this cacophony that's like yeah. really yeah. awesome. You guys have the nice, ther- the nice rolling theremini play. Uh, we have a theremini. I thought you got the proper one. It is the yeah. the, 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 the Moog theremini. Is their mi- their oh you got the their cheap one? I thought it was a is that the white one? Yeah, it's yeah, the, the white, white one oh, yeah. that will also do pitch correction. Yeah. So you can. Well, the nice thing about that the that's the that real theremin sound is not pitch corrected no. it's that whole sweeping but you can it's like set extremely difficult to play yeah so the Thera Mini you can set how much pitch correction you want and if you turn it like all the way on it's like fully stepped note 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 oh, nice. uh, but you can kind of blend it back so yeah. that it just does a little bit Yeah. so you kind of get stuff pulled a little bit more in the direction that it should go because you don't know what you're doing Yeah. Right, and it's right. got a bunch of sounds um, it's good and you can also Make it control other things, so you can just feed it into stuff. Yeah. And it then, looks nice too. It's yeah. Really nice. Yeah. yeah. I was eyeing them. I was eyeing them. So one. it's been getting used for some interesting stuff already. We thought it was going to get used for strictly for music. Yeah. For one game, we were like, "Oh, it's a space game." Oh, game we're now showing for the first time at, at PAX. Yeah. Oxygen not included. 
we were like, it's an asteroid space game. Totally. It's got to have Theremin in the music. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we got it. And now it's being used for a bunch of different stuff in that game that's yeah. not the music so that's far. That's cool. That is cool, yeah. And we have this great idea. Um, I'll share this idea with everyone because I think it's a, it's a cool idea. If you've got a medium to largest studio of people available to you, uh, we're going to write a song. And then we're going to just have people come and play Thurman solos and oh. record them. Yeah. And, then, like, record a whole bunch. And then we'll chop up and take the good parts. Yeah. And then use those as part of the interactive music. So it's kind of like the rest of the team can also be involved in part of the music. Yeah, like, that is Have cool. a little bit of input in that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the artists and programmers get to be like, hey, I helped make some of the music, which is kind of cool. I like those things that you can get the rest of the team Involved and it like yeah, that is cool. makes them care about audio more. Yeah, you know, so yeah. Sweet. For Wander Song, Greg is actually writing themes from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's putting together simple little themes, and he's like, "Can you make this into?" Oh, that's cool. The full thing, <laughs> full song. He's like, he's noodling around on FL and stuff, so it's that's yeah, pretty neat. Um, I keep looking down at the recorder because I'm trying to find where the counter is. Oh, because I've got a big counter no that idea. says 15 years. Oh, yeah. That's and then I, I think that's the battery, and then there's a little one that's like the time. <laughs> I still haven't gotten used to my M10 yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still need to get one. I, well, I want to get I want to get everyone on the team one, I think. But. Do it now. Yeah, discontinue, huh? Yeah. You know what? They discontinued the M10s. Yeah, I did hear that. I, I'm using a Tascam VR100 Mach yep. 2. It's, yeah, uh, it's an older device, but it's yeah. actually really cool. I mean, it has a, a nice, it has a decent noise floor. It's not yep. like, like the, it's better than the H4N, definitely, in terms yeah. of noise floor. So. That's cool. Um, and it's like, it's great for traveling. Like, um, although I forgot to bring it when I came here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I took to Peru, actually, was a VR100. I'm not sure um, which generation it was, though. Something we were talking about just before we started recording that's actually important is uh, the menu systems on the recorders. Yeah. They're actually, like, way more important than you might think. Yeah. UI, I, th- I, bet, I bet game audio people notice way more yeah. Yeah, than non-game probably. audio people because we're, like, so immersed in... In the UI development and user, user interface and design is something that's just always being discussed. Yeah, like on the teams, like there are things just in life now that I'm so frustrated by the user design of, <laughs> like Ticketmaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely start to notice it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah. So I remember I started out with my first portable recorder was an H4, not an H4N. Yeah. Even before that, which Plastic that probably has the worst noise floor yeah. to man. <laughs> But it was like the only thing available at the time, yeah. so like it was great for that. But once I started using it, I found the menu system horrible. It was just navigating it sucked and finding where everything is. And then I got my Sony D50 and was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I yeah. just I know where everything is like just by turning it on. and It's so good. And it's that when you do have to change stuff, the quicker you can do it, the more likely you are to capture what you need to capture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and Zoom has fixed that for sure. Yeah. The H6, H5, the, the latest series, the menu systems. Yeah, way So better. sweet. Uh, I love I, I love them. I'm so happy. I would like to hear what, like, how people are doing with their time code recorder they released. Oh, the Zoom. Yeah, the, the something 10 or something. The Z8? Yeah, yeah. Is it the Z8? I think, yeah, I think it is a Z8, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been out in the field now. Yeah. I've been using it. Um... What's what's your recording rig 
like? Uh, we have a lot of various things. Um, the uh, typically, if we're working on a big game, we may do rentals. Like yep. Do like you know, um, sound devices and right. Do up the really so you do mics. a little bit more planned out. Yeah. This is going to be our recording session. We're mm-hmm. going to rent gear to do. Yeah, except for one time I went to a shipping yard. I actually was able to get into a shipping yard. Oh, yeah. And uh, they told me that it was just going to be one of the things where they're going to show me around and I could plan. But then it, yeah. it turned out that was a recording session. So <laughs> oh, all yeah. I had was an, uh, you know the, uh, the Rode uh, NTG2 and yeah. my um, T- uh, Tascam VR100 Mach 2. But it actually worked out pretty well. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's a it's a decent setup, but when I'm when I really have to capture something and I really need everything to, you know, especially if we're doing some really loud sources or, mm-hmm. you know, if we really need a, a very good noise floor, we'll definitely do rentals. But, yeah. um, you know, but for that, uh, you know, we just have you know the Tascam. Uh, I also just recently got an H T U N to mm-hmm. do some try to do some ambient sonic, uh, ambisonic recording. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it has that update in the yeah. firmware now. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 they updated the, the, the H2N. H2N. Yeah, to, H2N. Because yeah. it's, it's got four or six? It's I got a it's bunch four, of capsules yeah. in there. Four. Huh. Yeah, and it'll mm. do, do it'll decode it to Sonic and stuff. Yeah, oh. do a firmware update. It's kind of cool. Yeah, so I, I just got that, so I'm, I'm getting excited to play around with it. We've been, yeah. uh, you know, nose deep in this PAX presentation, so I feel like I've been out of it for like a month. So. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Oh, that's cool. And what's your... Uh, what's your in-house workflow like, say, for just sound design, not including, ignoring music and uh, speech, I guess? So for sound design, I try to do a lot of the Foley myself. So, yeah. like, you know, um, just recording things around the house or around my neighborhood. Um, and I have, a, I have a friend who brings me a lot of odd instruments from, he travels around the world and brings me cool. a lot of odd instruments. Cool. Sometimes they have weird skin that I don't want to know where it came from, but, you know, but it's really cool. And so, like, I, I'm always trying to, like, I'm always listening for sounds. And, yeah. you know, if I hear something, I'll try to run back and get it. Um, yeah. You know, like, the, the funny part, though, is if I'm out recording in my neighborhood and then I see a neighbor, hey, and then it's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, we did a, a thing recently where we, um, one of the sound designers at Clay, just went out onto the team Slack and was like, hey, does anybody have any interesting sounding stuff at home? Like yeah. Surfaces or objects or whatever. Yeah. And just sort of put it out there. And so we're setting up like a basically not a great recording rig, but a recording rig, like a little portable recorder we can send home with any of the untrained sound people of like, yeah. hey, if you've got an interesting thing, okay, this is how you put this thing into yeah. record and this is where the level should be pointed at the thing, yeah. and, you know. Yeah, record that. Yeah, totally. So, get again, get involved, get more people involved yeah. in the sound thing, and like, I don't, I don't know what weird stuff somebody else yeah. has at home. Uh, I almost bought, bought my friend's dad a recorder. Yeah, he, he like lives in a cabin, or his parents live in a cabin like outside of my hometown in the woods. Oh, and he's nice. like, no, I hear moose and stuff all the time. And, and he's always and he's always off shooting guns and things. So yeah, like, man, he could probably get a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, and he's retired, so it's like just hobby time all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. I just picked up a contact mic too, which is really nice because I hadn't had I didn't have one in my setup, and it was <laughs> like I, I feel like it's good. Like I'm working on an educational game, and there's like tapping, and so I wanted right. to record like tapping walls and yep. really punching because it's like it didn't sound good just tapping, but. 
so I tried using the contact mic and you know like a shotgun mic and mixing the two together yeah, to get a little your bit. High end back. Yeah, 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 to get the high end back and then having a nice um, putting some like hand sounds. So I want to make it so that when the kids are, you know, tapping and touching. Like it actually sounds like the fingers touching, yeah. like a little mm -hmm. bit of that lift. The release, you know? right. So it's a lot of like licking your finger and touching the wall, you know. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you get two acid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not gonna look weird if you're doing it in public. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no. it's, it's, oh, I definitely don't want to do that in public because I might end up with something. I mean, but around the house is probably okay. Hopefully. <laughs> So I didn't have any chance to field for questions. Field for questions. Mm. So Can I'm I just going to go back on oh. some interesting questions we had last time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Gina, you oh, I wanted to mention that I also teach a class too. I mean, oh, sweet. I teach uh, Berkeley College of Music. I teach an online game audio class, which oh, cool. uh, oh, wow. which I love doing. I love um, helping new people come into the industry and like yeah. have a better understanding. You know. So, before we get to questions on that talk sort of topic. Yeah. Um, What's the, like, seeing people getting educated and coming into the industry, what do you think is, like, the, like, first tip you would give just about anybody who's, like, trying to break it in? Like, okay, once they're in school, they're in school, yeah. they're, they're committed to this is what they want to learn. Like, what's the, what's, the, what's the one thing you, like, see, like, the majority of people uh, getting wrong or not doing or, I think knowing your tools is really yep. important. I see a lot of people coming in and, uh, you know, thinking that maybe they can use, like, Reason as a DAW for interactive right. audio and, you know, not really having a good grasp on um, sound design isn't pulling from a CD or a library online. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really designing. It's not just giving somebody an asset. You know, it's really yeah. layering. It's really um, thinking about how the sound fits the visual. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of that, and I try to sort of correct that you know, in the class, and some, some students probably think, you know, like, uh, their first reaction is, wow, this is really harder than I thought, so I yeah. think, you know, so they really don't understand, because it just seems like this is very cool and fun, but yeah. while it is, it's really hard at the same time, it's a really, it's yeah. a, it's an art, it's not, you know, yeah, as, you have to know. As exciting and, like, as much as I love what I do, it's yeah. so interesting, there is also a so much, like, Tedium. Boring, tedium, grunt work. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, that goes with what we do. That doing is like, it well is extremely tedious. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, you're like, oh yeah, it's all exciting, it's all fun. And then you're yeah. like, oh, actually, um, I need you to batch process these uh, 2,000 <laughs> speech files yeah. and check them all to be exact. Yeah. And, they're like, oh. and when you're starting out, it all takes an extremely long time. Right. Yeah, when I was in school and I had to cut my first car chase, I worked on it for, and I had to leave, I had to go come here actually to Seattle. Yeah. For, uh, for just for fun, but I committed to it, and I I worked for 27 hours straight oh, wow. for a one and a half minute car chase. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't know that. Mainly, I didn't know the library. Yeah. It was like the school library, so I was just going through listening to everything. Yeah. Whereas the more familiar, and I didn't have a fast recording setup. Like you'd have to like go to the go to the foley rooms and then set it up in the patch bay, which yeah. I sucked at anyways yeah and then get that off of those computers get it onto your edit computer whereas now it's like i know my library really well i yeah. have a recording setup in the room at all times yeah well, not now because my new studio is only three quarters but seven. when it's set up probably the same like yeah, when yeah. i worked at home to be like all right there's a mic on a stand next yeah. to me so if i need 
some hand claps or something, right? I'll get it there. It's, I'm not wasting time. Yeah, you know your workflow. It's always yeah. difficult. Uh, like when I go in and I have to work in-house at a developer, um, right. that's always tough. But, you know, fortunately I try to get a, a sense for uh, learning other DAWs. Like I use Nuendo personally. Yep. And mm-hmm. the only reason why is because I started out with the first company I worked for in 2005. We were using Nuendo 4, I think it was back then, or maybe 3.5 or something. But mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept using it because I was very comfortable with it, and that's where you do your best work. Yeah. But I also try to work with Reaper or, you know, like, I, I try to see what's going on with Logic. Just Or not even Logic, because AAA developers don't really use Logic, but, like, the ones that they would sort of use, like Cubase or Reaper or Pro Tools, you know. Yeah, I like that Pro Tools was the last thing mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's starting to go away. I totally use yeah. Pro Tools. I'm a Pro Tools user, but... No love there. Yeah, <laughs> we um. You're not seeing it as much. I mean, well, I'm a Pro Tools user too. Yeah. But we cut the podcast in Reaper. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simple but, linear uh, editing. We're working. We're getting there. We're yeah. Getting there. But I, I think the second thing I like to tell them is critical listening. It's, right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think people when you want to jump into it, and I'm guilty of this myself. When I first started, I thought it was easy. You know, I thought like editing dialogue meant just trimming the head and tail. I didn't know it meant going and removing mouth clicks and, yeah. you know, like pops and like just tiny little things. And mm-hmm. it's like, you learn. And so that's why I, I try to, you know, just welcome the students. I try not to scare them with all of this, <laughs> but I want them to know from the start that it's not easy, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a job. Yeah. You know? And just like any job, you have to work at it. So Yeah. I yeah. find the mouth click stuff relaxing for some reason. Yeah. Like removing it. If, if I have like just, it's satisfying when you get it's rid of it. It's so smooth. Yeah. The line is so good. Yeah, yeah. Power up. Like when I was first starting, they put me through the paces with that big time. It's like thousands and thousands of lines. All I was doing was RXing. Yeah. Oh no, I was editing and RXing. Yeah. And it was like, it was pretty tedious, but it was at the same time. Yeah, it sounds so good when you're done and. Yeah. And it's... you don't have to think that hard. Yeah. Once you know what you're looking for, like in the spectrogram, if you're using RX, it's just like brain turn off which I never get to do anymore <laughs> I never get to do brain turn off work it's always brain on work yeah it's exhausting <laughs> it is and especially when you're doing like 500 files a day or something yeah. or more um, you start to really get a good workflow down and then eventually you get to the point where you can just start to spot where there's a problem with like visually uh, yeah by the end I'm not even listening yeah it's time. like you can I still double check but yeah. you can like start to see and you're just like there it is and like yeah yeah. yeah, there are some that you just know you don't need to double check, and then there's yeah. some that you're like, oh, I don't know if this is actually a G or if it's a click. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> double Gs. Yeah. That critical listening thing um, reminds me of, a, like, I grew up as a BMXer. You know, like, BMXers and skateboarders, I feel like, look at architecture differently. Yeah. Like, you see the world as a different thing than what it was originally intended for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when you become a sound person, you orally hear the world in a different way mm-hmm. and that's yeah. a critical part of becoming a like serious sound yeah. person is that nothing is what it is it's what can it become yeah it makes otherwise boring situations more fun to just be in yeah yeah you know just being in a, a space where nothing is happening and being able to listen to it and just, yeah and picking out the parts and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like doing that. You ever notice that the longer you're working in audio, that you start to like hear everything, and it sometimes bothers you. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's things you're like, I can't enjoy this anymore because yeah. all I'm doing is listening to it. Well, sometimes some... I'm like, does anyone else hear that? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it bothering you? <laughs> <laughs> Can catch. 
keep hearing the the hiss on the dialogue track come in and out on TV shows all the time now. Oh, yeah. Even some shows, like, I get, like, with the class movement, and I'm just like, it's too much, you know? It's It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, depending on the the channel or the station or the show, sometimes they overdo it, and it's like... Mm -hmm. What was that? I was watching a movie a while ago, Lady Hawk. Yeah. Um, Richard Donner movie who I grew up with. Yeah. Like, um, recently I rewatched it, and I realized how kind of odd the mix on that show was and it was the foley was all really loud but yeah. It, yeah it but it worked in a strange way it gave that movie this odd presence that yeah. set it apart from stuff that was huh. it was all it about work, these yeah. close sounds and there wasn't it wasn't so much of like in the space yeah it was a closest pretty dry yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was weird like i think it i think in other things i'd be like oh it's way too dry and wrong and yeah, weird. Yeah, fit, right? yeah. So. Well, if it's an older show, though, too, a lot of the time they didn't have like reverb settings. <laughs> yeah, they just had reverb on or reverb off. Yeah, <laughs> probably until the sixties or seventies. Yeah, say. totally. Yeah. Um, all right. Some questions from last time. Okay. We will now present to you, Gina. Okay. We've already answered them. We'll talk about them again. Oh, okay, sure. Hopefully, I have the right answer. <laughs> There's. They're not trivia. <laughs> <laughs> In what year did no. Uh Okay, we had a somebody asked, "What do you do?" I thought this was a good question. What do you do when you have no idea how to create a sound that you that you've never done before? Oh, uh, usually I try to look for examples, like reference games or even YouTube videos where you yeah. can see like the design of. Um, there was uh, recently, I think, I think it was Blizzard where they had like they were showing like some different characters they were designing sound for, and they were doing at the basketball courts, you know. So sometimes, yeah, I, a good video. Yeah, yeah, so I try to watch a lot of those, but I also, um, I, I feel like as I'm going around, I think I'm one of those very hyper-aware people, yep. so as I'm going around, I make a catalog of where I've heard something interesting, and sometimes, yep. like, I just sort of rewind back and say, like, I remember there was someone breaking a chicken in half, or, you know, like, a, yeah. a cooked chicken, though. I love animals, please. A cooked chicken. <laughs> I'm a little jet-lagged, so. But, you know, like, just that sound. That's, like, of, the best correction I think we've had on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's that three-hour jet lag that'll get you. But um, you know, like when you you buy that rotisserie chicken and like yeah. someone's like tearing it apart, and it's like uh, you know instead of just cutting, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sockets. Someone, yeah, so sounds. all yeah. of those sounds. Like sometimes, like I'll remember things like that, or a door somewhere, and you know, like someone's house or yeah. like, place. And if I didn't have time to record it, um, you know, so I try to think. I try to think of things like that, and but at the same time, if it's still like I'm still not finding a good reference. I just start, um, I feel like I've always had like a natural like um, intuition about what what should sort of be done to make an interesting mm-hmm. sound. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it comes a little bit more natural. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. I, you know, I'm really grateful for that. So. Um, what about when it's like, same area, uh, but what about when it's like things like a match three game where it's like something that is not abstract. real yeah. at all, like yeah. s- super abstract, you know, pieces exploding. Yeah. Like... Where do you go for, for that kind of... Sometimes I, I just start building layers together, and then, uh, like, so let's say for a match three, like, yeah. you've got your, your match sound. Yeah. So if it's, a like, a QT sort of match three, um, you know, we you have to make it... Um, so what I would do is I'd grab some explosion sounds, put them in my DAW, and then take some 
Um, you know, like absinthe has some nice little twinkly type sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even some like xylophone, like just like like a gliss. You yeah. know, absinthe and I'll start. Is like absinthe is just like made for casual games. Yes, yeah. like, so <laughs> casual. I use it all the time for casual games. I mean, it's great. You know, yeah. so and then I start layering those so in. Shimmery. Yeah, it is, yeah. and and I start laying them in, and then I start to listen, and I start to mute things. I start to bring in some maybe some DSP like either. Yeah. I wouldn't use trash. I love using trash on everything, but I I even have used trash on the Match Three. Like I yep. try to get a little more gritty, like of that sound, but had it underneath. And mm-hmm. then I start like mixing, like so that maybe the explosion is not so loud, or maybe like the little gliss is like the twinkle, you know, is louder. Um, so it's just all about layers for me, and I think yep. like experimenting is really. I try not to sit down and just like sit and think for too long. I try right. to just get into it right away get and start working even if you don't have that yeah that's, yeah. that's my approach like noodling is my I'm just like yeah I just noodle if I don't know what to do yeah, yeah. and this is for music and sound design if yeah. I'm just like Ugh, yeah I just sit down and start yeah just throwing shit at the wall yeah and I usually try to start with patches like presets first mm-hmm. because it's yeah. instead of just trying to design something yeah and then from there I'll go and edit or just even make my own sound but um but really just trying to uh, to make it an easy workflow. I try not right. to put up a wall, you know, in front of myself that I'm hitting my head on by yeah. just making it easy, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, start throwing sounds in there and seeing what yeah. happens, you know? Yeah, and sometimes you might be done in, like, one layer. Yeah, exactly, sometimes. Like, oh, well, that's, that's, like, all, all I need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you're like, why is it taking me, like, three years to have the sound of a chicken fall, you know, like, in the match three if it's, like, a food game or a banana? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, a banana mash, it's like, this shouldn't be too hard. It's ridiculous. <laughs> then you ponder on how ridiculous some of the things you do are in, in your job. and then. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, uh, I try not to, um, I try to be very quick and yeah. get into action, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just get moving and. yeah. But not everyone works that way. Sometimes right. people love to just think, and you know, it really. I think it really depends on what's your best workflow. Yeah. So I've obviously tried both ways, and I found that just digging into it right away was best for me. So I just ran with that. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, like I know it when I I'll know it when I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. With exactly. Myself, yeah. Which is, which is kind of like I hate it when clients do. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, but that's what I do when if, when it's I don't a, know what to do. It's, it's kind of what we talked about in the last podcast too. That there's. There's not one way to do game audio. There's lots of ways. It's like, find the one that works for you. Yeah. That's what I'm always telling the students in my class. You know, when they ask me for specific advice, I always warn them that, you know, this is the way I do it, but obviously find what works best for you. Yeah. You know, even talk to other people. Um, I even sometimes, you know, overhear someone either on, like, a Slack channel or, like, on YouTube when they're just talking about a, a game they've done and like I say I'm gonna try that workflow you know like you, yeah, yeah. You're, I'm always changing my process to make to be better each day you know yeah I feel like that's the only way to do it yeah um, do you have a I have a question that I would ask on Twitter that popped up yeah like, probably because I can think of what my answer is but. <laughs> do you have a sound that you're like have been meaning to record and have not yet recorded yeah I think I have like quite a few of them yeah, I think like, uh, like right now, actually, I noticed uh, when I dropped a quarter on the desk in the hotel room, it has, it's a glass desk, and it, like, the quarter just rattled for, like, five minutes. Yeah. It was, like, spinning around, and it's like, I want to go back and record that, yeah, but yeah. I forgot my recorder because I was worried about bringing all this other stuff, and yeah. I hate flying, so right. it was yeah. just kind of, like, kicking me out the door, but yeah, I'll go back and record it on my iPhone, and then 
I ran into another sound designer here, and he was telling me he, he flew into the show, yeah. and he's got his recorder and like a pocket operator and like a bunch of stuff. And going through security, they were like made him turn like everything yeah. on. Yeah, that's right. always hard. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he's had to go. He's like, what's this? And what's this? Yeah. And what's this? Especially what's he this? The fuzzy he's like, little... uh, that's a recorder, and that's a <laughs> yeah. Volca synthesizer, and that's it. I uh, I went to Peru with a Miro Phantom Miro prototype camera. I actually didn't ask that many questions, but it yeah. was in like a Pelican case, which is this weird looking thing. <laughs> Huge. What is this device? Yeah, and it was worth more than like my entire life savings, like times five at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I was so scared. And it's always hard too, because you have to like put them all out into bins, and then it's like, yeah, yeah. To keep track of all those bins. It's like everything has to be in a separate bin, it's like too much. Yeah, right? yeah. But I've been meaning to record A, the, we've got rolly windows in our car because that's how we roll. Uh, and one of them is like the saddest sound, like the saddest repetitive squeak. Oh yeah. When you're rolling it up, it's like wow, this is a character. Yeah. Like this would characterize somebody in a film or a game like so fast. Yeah. Just the fact that their car sounds like this. <laughs> um, and then my back gate of my old apartment, I never, uh, I never recorded it. Yeah. I just didn't. See, that's um. I I realized from from Odin. Yeah. That I managed to record. That I'd been putting off for so long, just like, oh, she has a great yell. I should record that one day. Just not doing it, not doing it, not yeah. doing it. And I'm super glad that I did yeah. before her last days. And that kind of like spoke to me of like, when there's those sounds, get them, get them, because yeah. you don't know when they might go away, or you're not going to have access, or you move. You're like, yeah, I move. Yeah. Oh, my gate. Well, oh, my gate. Friends like... moved into our old place. <laughs> so you can go back Another then. sound and makeup couple. <laughs> took over a place like that was completely by design yeah because I didn't want to tear my studio down right I was like oh this is going to be such a pain yeah yeah because like it's not cleverly put together it's right. like the ceiling the drop ceiling is all it's like loose <laughs> it's like loose rock sole that's held in with ropes yeah that are, it's all just dangly and then it covered it up with like with rigid stuff so it looks nice but yeah. it's not going to be fun to just mantle and yeah. I'll go help dismantle when they I hope they live there until they knock the house down yeah and then it won't be an issue and then it won't be an issue yeah. like, that's just what should happen yeah I do try to go out and record everything yeah. that I do here um, like even like the I'm not sure what it's called the uh, the elevated train I know when I lived yeah. in Chicago it was the L but you know like they have the, the little train Oh, yeah. no, no, there's a monorail as well. Oh, yeah, monorail, monorail, yeah, that's right, monorail, monorail. 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 Should have remembered that from, like, Disney or something. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I wanted to stand under that and just record it. But, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even, you know, even if you have, like, your phone, you can still get something. I mean, anything's yeah, worth it, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, but there's times where I've, like, run out when there's, like, a flood. Yeah. You know, like, I live in a flood zone, so sometimes it's, like, the street's flooded. I run out there with, like, big rubber boots and then an umbrella, and it's, like, I have the whole setup. Sometimes, you know, neighbors worry because, like, the shotgun mic looks a little suspicious because yeah. I have the uh, pistol grip. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but then yeah. eventually I think they get to know that's like crazy a crazy girl out there again, you know. Is that some kind of alien being? Yeah. So, you know, and I'm just, like, trying to record. And, and uh, one time I moved the umbrella the wrong way or the wind blew it. And oh, I yeah. just got soaked. So it was like, but I have that on, you know, I have... have you got a good recording? Yeah. It was, there like, a nice splash sound, you know. <laughs> Um, I find the thing to think to think about too is if you don't have proper gear, you yeah. Know, we almost almost all have smartphones that can record stuff, and those recordings are, can, can be totally usable. Yes. But even if they aren't, they can they can be used 
as reference to recreate yeah, that thing, point. right? Like maybe you're not going to actually use the sound off your cell phone, but you put it in your DAW and like analyze it and listen to it and sort of find what was the character of that yeah. that event, that, that time. Yeah, that you liked and then you can almost try to recreate yeah. it. Yeah, so then it's then it's your, your template as a building block yeah, yeah, as a I've reference that to before. stuff. So. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, I, I think like a lot of times people when they say things like, you know, I... Um, I don't record because I don't have anything to record with. You have something. I mean, there's always something. Like your phone, you know, like if you have a tablet, or even if you're bringing your laptop out with like a microphone somewhere, you know, yeah. it's like, just mm-hmm. do it. It's because it's, you're going to miss all of those great sounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many. You learn so much more, I think, about what we do Yeah. when you're recording stuff yourself, kind of what goes into it. Like, I, I think that even if you're just doing small scale recording yourself it lets you understand your libraries better of yeah. like how that was done and what went yeah. into it and what like well, like sometimes a client will have a temp sound that's like a terrible old sound is a sound ideas or something yeah that's completely dated they, but they love it yeah, yeah. And you're like hey that's illegal to use <laughs> B it sucks <laughs> like quality wise but it has good characteristics yeah. yeah so you can like bring it in and just analyze the qualities it has and replace it with better yeah recreate it yeah, yeah. recreate it better. if you have any questions uh, well I just wanted off. to say that I, I like the work that both of you have done oh, thanks uh, you know in the uh, don't starve and uh, sorry <laughs> walk in the woods again it's like, in the woods I, that's all in I've oh, done, it is. I've done almost nothing on. Oh, okay. Um, I did some. I did a bunch of stuff before Pax East. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, but, and, but yeah, but and I. Play Em's doing that on the set. That's like her game. When I leave here, I'm gonna just have my shoe in my mouth because I just keep like saying stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a good one. This was a good question from from Twitter. Uh, when you're sound designing, when do you know that something is done? Oh, so that's a tough one because sometimes you feel like you could always tweak. Yeah. But I think, like, with me, it's like, uh, I'm a Virgo, so I like to keep everything on schedule, right. which is odd a little bit for sometimes for sound people, because sometimes, you know, they don't like to be as organized, so, but it's like, it haunts me. So I, I set a schedule for myself, and if, like, if I feel like I'm over-tweaking something, like, I may save it as another version, and, you know, like, save the original, like, where I thought I was done, and then yeah. save another copy, and, like, continue tweaking, and then walk away, and then come back in A, B. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that extra tweaking, like, it starts to sound good, but then when you walk away and come back, it's terrible, you know? Yeah. Like, you've ever Especially had that Especially with dialogue cleaning. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can really chop it up, and it sounds yeah. unnatural. Yeah. yeah. I've had projects where, like, to be delivered, like, horrible, horrible dialogue recordings. Yeah. And then I start getting going with, like, WNS and... Yeah. And RX, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And then step away for a second, come back, and it's just there's nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> stepping like, away is key, I think. You yeah, know, it's, it's like killed the entire voice. So, yeah, take a break, rest your ears. And, yeah, because yeah. even with music, you can, it sounds great. You come yeah. back, and it's like, oh, it's so sloppy. Yeah. It sounds awful. You know, yeah. it's like, so I think resting your ears, because um, I think they, they start to do something evil where it's just like everything sounds good. And then it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. come back and yeah, you're more like, more stuff Whoa. is better. More yeah. processing. More processing. <laughs> it all sounds better. It all sounds better because I want to go home. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's great. It's done. Fine. Go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't count how many times that I've like finished something at the end of the day. I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then you come in in the morning, you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. This is horrible sounding. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a, I always find like, when, even when I was at Clay, there's always a bit of a nagging thing when something's not good. Yeah. You know, there's always something in the back of my mind that's like, this might not be good. But 
It also might be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one or the other. Or there's it's, times where you think something's like awesome. not great, but you have to finish it and you have to deliver it, and yeah. then the client loves it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, then you give it another list, and you're like, well, I kind of like it too now, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, probably changed your mind. So yeah. I think it, like, you know, it really depends. It's like... Yeah. And, and it's also subjective, so someone else can say, you know, like, a little too much of this on there, you know? And yeah. Um, I keep thinking of a joke question, but I'll get to that. Uh, but I thought a real question from something you just said. Yeah. Um, what, what, are, what are your tips for dealing with not-so-great communication from devs? Like, my, my go-to example is always the dev that told me, make it more purple. Oh, Which yeah. I'm like, oh, what do I do with that? So, like... When you get a dev who, you know, they know what they want, but they can't really communicate it yeah. that well. What do, you, do you have any tips to... Yeah, I mean, so usually that happens often. I mean, because they're, they're not really, like, uh, you know, oral people. So yeah. they're just, mm-hmm. like, explaining how they want something. So sometimes I try to give them, uh, pull references, uh, or even, actually, I find sometimes if you pull references for them, then they might like that reference, and then they don't want to use you anymore. It's like... <laughs> Well, yeah. where'd you get that from? I'll take it. Um, so we try to even we even try to do like like quick samples, even if it's like music or sound design, yeah. quick samples, and say like you know is this what you were talking about? And we try yeah. to we try to really define based on. Um, I usually take one music track and just maybe two or three sounds or maybe four sounds, and just uh, create a sample for them from the start based on what I think they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And then usually when I do that and I send it to them, then they say, oh no, that's not what I was looking for. I wanted this, and then if it gives them a better way to explain yeah. uh, or usually they start to come with samples like from YouTube or something themselves because you've gotten their minds starting to think mm-hmm. um, based on these little samples it, it does yeah. take a little extra work because you're making this and you could totally scrap it yeah. but I think like in the end it's uh, it's worth that extra work because it really helps you hone in on what it is that they want yeah, yeah. Um, it's something like I noticed uh, at Clay when we're working through a game starting out and what is it going to be and we're going places like the art team throws out tons of stuff yeah like they're just trying an idea like, you know draw some more stuff and draw some more stuff and like all this concept stuff and it's just yeah. it's all art getting tossed out and I've been trying to push on the audio team to, to do more of that yeah that it's not bad to create stuff and throw it out yeah not at all like there is a real Either you're going to get closer to the direction you should go, yeah. or you're going to learn what's not working, right. mm-hmm. which is just as valuable to be like, okay, I tried this, and it, no, yeah. it's definitely not that, because I made it sound like that, and that was not it. Yeah. I mean, we just had a client who told us that they wanted a, a mix of uh, Bastion and Adventure Time, and I was just like, oh, what's that? What? Yeah. Like, I couldn't yeah. even figure it out, so... We, we basically asked for a build of the game, and we had a look at it, and it just, it needed more of, like, a sort of a fantasy feel, like an orchestral fantasy feel. Nothing like Bastion, nothing <laughs> like Adventure Time. Um, so we just did a sample for them, and they said, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. This is perfect. Like, this is what we wanted. But yeah, they right. didn't know how to describe it. So it, it, I think it really is worth that effort of putting in those little samples. You keep it short, so you're not, like, writing, like, three-minute pieces. And we usually do, like, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Just yeah. to give them the instrumentation, like, the sort of feel, the flow of everything. And even with the sound design, um, you know, just coming up with a couple of sounds and showing them. Maybe 
a few footsteps or like character sounds and then maybe like a few weapon sounds and just show them like this is art what we think you know yeah. would work I feel like it's definitely worth the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And like you said, the artists do that all the time. I mean, I'm sure programmers do it as well. They yeah, you know, fail fast. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. That's a that's the thing I really like about about Clay is we have this mentality of sort of fail hard and fail fast. Yeah. And, and you you try like okay, this is it. We do it. But do it quick. And yeah. then if you do it quick, you know like oh okay, that's yeah. gonna work. All right, now we'll do more of it. Yeah. Or oh yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah. But you haven't wasted a lot of time. It's that that step where you're like, oh, we spent we spent a whole year of our dev cycle yeah. trying an idea and that didn't work. Yeah, or <laughs> trying to force something to be good. Right. Which oh, is yeah. like something in all creative processes that needs to Yeah. It's that it's good to be aware of faster. I know like Slick has gotten much better at the Viking Squad guys. Yeah. Because they they worked on Shellraiser, like a follow-up to well, no, they did Shellraiser, and then they wanted to do Star Star Razor, yeah, like a turtle in space. And they spent a long time, like you know, they were like, we were trying to force it to be good, but it just wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah, that seems to happen a lot. Yeah, I think I, it's. I think you have to be okay with um, rejection in a way, so like throwing yeah, yeah. something out, and I think that takes time to work on. I mean, I know, you know, there's times when a client says, "Oh, that's awful," you know, especially when it's my brother because he works for. <laughs> you know, a startup company, and he's yeah. like the creative director, and so sometimes right. he's just like, oh, you know, I'm not really feeling it, and it's like, you know, remember who punched you in the face when we were kids, you know, but, uh, but you know, I, you learn to just really think about it and say, you know, it's not personal, you know, yeah. Yeah. and um, it's just subjective, so you got to do what the client wants. And right, it's, um, my last blog post was kill your babies yeah. is how I phrase yeah. that that you you can't hold anything too dear yeah. when a client is like I don't like that you're like okay yeah. what do you like yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter how long you spent on that sound or song and like, yeah. it's not a personal attack on you that they're like no. I don't really like that you're like yeah. but it gets, it gets I spent so 20 easier. hours on that song yeah exactly yeah. You know, so then just sit in your room and listen to it yourself you yeah. know it's like exactly. keep, it, keep it for yourself <laughs> yeah. you know it's totally. like so, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it, it takes time. It's hard when you first start out, but you know it takes time. Uh, yeah, it gets immensely easier. Yeah. yeah. After you, because the like the proportion is they just after you made so many things. Yeah, like, that's ah, true. Yeah, you've made just, so many assets. It's yeah, like, it's like oh, it's just another asset. Do you ever wonder like, am I gonna run out of assets that I can create? <laughs> it's like because you after you've done so many, it's like oh. I always wonder, you know. I it's like. I have reached a point where I'm I'm not working uh, on Don't Starve much anymore. Right. Uh, Dan has taken over that the majority of work on that. I still I still come in and record creature sounds mm-hmm. as source for him to yeah. to turn into things. But before uh, Dan came on and before Gord helped me out with Shipwreck, I was totally getting to the point of like I don't know if I can design another Don't Starve creature. I don't know. If I've got anything more, yeah. I've made yeah. so many creatures in that world. I don't, I don't know what else to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so being a, it's helped being a step removed where I'm like, I'm just sort of being the creature voice actor. Yeah, where it's helped me kind of breathe some more life into it. Where I'm like, okay, now I've got some more ideas of what to do because I know somebody else and he, you know, directs me mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and that has helped rejuvenate a bit of that. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, that. How many more footsteps do I have? In yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, 
<laughs> you always wonder, especially when we like. Sometimes we have several projects at once that we're working on, yeah. and it's uh, and we just have to do that to stay afloat. And it yeah. just gets tough because you're one day I'm working on a ship engine, and the next day, or even maybe a few hours later, I'm doing like you know like a match three, and it's yeah. just like that shift. It's like you know, it sometimes can be hard in the brain. You're just like mm -hmm. that's a that's brings up kind of deeper of that topic of. Uh, how when you're working on vastly different projects at the same time yeah. how do you kind of keep your creative knit stuff like separated like okay yeah like I'm working on a shooter today and yeah. tomorrow I'm working on a match three. how do you how do you flip that headspace yeah, sometimes, I mean, luckily for me, I work out of a project studio, um, you know, and Spencer works out of a project studio in upstate New York, so we're yeah. a little bit further from each other, but I think both of us, we try, like, you know, either going to the gym or, like, sometimes I eat cookies or donuts. It's terrible, you know, it's like, try not to, but, you know, like, cause when you're stressing, you're just like, oh, oh yeah. But, uh, Lately, with, I, just, I just eat peanut butter. I've been eating my feelings lately, so. Yeah, it's horrible. And, and my partner's a trainer, so I, it doesn't go over well. I have to hide stuff in a cabinet. But, you know, so, um, but yeah, like, or, like, I go out and sometimes, like, my neighbor's dog's out and I yeah. love to, like, play with them or even just, like, um, going for a bike ride. Sometimes I just get away from it and then mm -hmm. come back. Even if you have, like, a tight deadline. Right. I think it helps. I think it's um, less pro, it's, it's proactive to actually walk away for a little bit. Right. Come back and can just like sort of reset and also I, I have a little hidden secret that I'll reveal here for all your listeners <laughs> that I love lifetime movies and I just sometimes go down and just sit in the couch and watch for half an hour yeah <laughs> even though I've seen every single one and it's like sometimes it just helps me like stop thinking about the last thing I was doing and right mm -hmm. when I go back I'm refreshed and I'm ready for like you know right. match sounds and so it's like like set sort of firm reset yeah activities and times and not, oh, oh crap! I gotta do this. Yeah, I, I mean, gotta make the engine sound. Even though I just was in match three headspace. Like. I, there, ha things like that have happened though, especially like when we're getting ready to go away. If yeah. both of us are away, which is right now, it's like you know that's even worse because it's not like one of us are back in the studio and can handle something. Yeah. So when we're both away, it's like I usually try to warn the clients, like cannot do anything that week, yeah. you know. But yeah. sometimes something happens and they have a milestone they have to reach um, especially if they have like a publisher or something you know it's tough yeah, yeah. so sometimes you do have to just sit there and just like force yourself through it but mm -hmm. you know sometimes I feel like saying like can I fix that when I come back you know because <laughs> yeah. it's like you're not super proud of it yeah, yeah. you fix it yeah. yeah you know but yeah and that kind of leads back to what you were saying about having like knowing your tools and your workflows yeah the more you do that when you're under those pressure crunch times where it is hard to get creatively different yeah at least you know your tools and you can just like power through those that it yeah that is the biggest part i i try never to upgrade or change my tool in mid project or even at the start of a project yeah. I, yeah. I try to wait for some downtime to experiment i mean there's times where i do experiment with different uh vsts or something like a, a new plugin that comes out yeah. But um, unless I'm sure that it's going to be helpful, I try to just avoid it because then you can waste a lot of time just feeling around, you know? Yeah. Yes. Feeling is like, <laughs> definitely. So, okay, joke question time. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite plugin and why is it Decapitator? What? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm the one who always goes on about Decapitator. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but seriously, what what is a, one of your, not the favorite, but like, what are some plugins that you like, though? Um, I love Trash, too. I yeah. mean, I, I just love adding distortion to everything. You know? 
mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like I, I just feel like uh, uh, going back to that by the time you listen to this podcast you will have just missed a trash tube being really on sale oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was on sale it was yes yeah. but um, you know I feel like going back to that question about like when you get stuck I usually yeah. like if I'm stuck on a sound uh, if it's like a sort of a not like a, a fun type happy game, but yep. if it's like a game where it's like a, a, a you know space RPG or something, if I feel stuck, a lot of times I just start going through the presets in Trash, and I feel right. like it helps inspire something. I may not end up using Trash, but it inspires like maybe another plugin or something, you know. Yeah. And um, but I also love. Uh, is it okay to talk about like synth plugins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I love Massive. I love using yeah. that. Um, I love because I I actually studied music synthesis at Berkeley when I was back there and so that was one of my biggest things I loved like um, you know just mangling sounds like just creating them from scratch yeah and um, you know it was uh, it was always something no one understood what I was doing back then you know it was like right. my mom would be like you want this keyboard to do what you know it's like, <laughs> you know but they were uh, super supportive so yeah cool awesome. yeah what about you uh, we know his favorite plugin yeah, I go to Saturn pretty frequently. Yeah, that's a good. Told us we all have favorite distortion plugins. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like those are good. those are my three. I think like if anyone wants distortion, it's Decapitator, Saturn, and Trash. I think are the three. Like if you have those, you don't need anything else. We should look yeah. into why we all pick distortion plugins. You know, like, yeah. there's got to be something behind that, right? Yeah, I I use Saturn a lot to make things cut through the mix. Yeah, if they were getting lost before. I just find I can use it, especially with the little EQ that's got on it. It's yeah. like very light distortion and boosts the high end on things. I use I use like Decapitator as a compressor a yeah. lot. Like you can just sort of like subtly compress stuff, and then it's tilt shift EQ. I can like compress right, it, right. and then just and then the mix. Those are like the secret bits. Yeah. To it. Yeah. So it's really nice to just squish it and then dial the mix back. So it's yeah. not, not quite. Yeah, I put it on my master chain for the Oakless album. Yeah, decapitator. Yeah, just a little, maybe a little too much even, but <laughs> I'm gonna pretend it's okay. Yeah, it was a, a choice. Yeah, committed to it. <laughs> well, I wanted something to tie it because it yeah. was such a long project. I wrote those songs over like three years. Yeah, and they were not mixed similarly <laughs> at all. You know, yeah. like it's not a consistent mix. So yeah. I wanted to. Do a little more in the mastering chain to right, tie to everything to together. Bring it together a little bit. Yeah. I think it sounds pretty good. Cool. It's doing well. Yeah. The album's doing well. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, I think that's about an hour. Cool. I think we're good. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. So thank you very much, Gina, for uh, coming on to the podcast and taking some time away from PAX. It's a busy time while we're all here in Seattle. So yeah. super awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you. I appreciate your time. So. Yeah, it's great. It's a pleasure. All right, to Sony we go. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.